You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Everybody, welcome one and all. This is RB1 of Fantasy Football Podcast. You may have noticed again, our humble host is not with us. Again, also Clark is missing. You are stuck here again with the John Solo version of this podcast. So it's just going to be me by myself trying to go through recaps from the weekend that was. Get us ready here as we try to see who are the winners, who are the losers, what we've got going forward this week. We'll recap... We're just recapping now. We'll get to our Thursday podcast, which we record on Wednesday, and we'll talk about what's coming up, uh, what's ahead of you, getting ready for next week. But for right now, we're going to get right to the games. I'm not going to go to the injuries. I think we can leave the injuries till Thursday uh, when we have a better idea of what, what's out there, who's missing, and it'll mean a lot more then. But we'll start off with what was not the interesting close game on Thursday night that uh, Pete and I predicted there for you last week. I did correctly predict, thank you, that Baltimore was going to win that game, but I picked one that was going to be closer to that three-point spread. This was a a blowout. It was just not close, uh, not particularly interesting. Baltimore got ahead and just stayed there. Uh, Miami didn't get you a point in terms of uh, actual game scoring. They're going to do more just who's the big winner and who's the person who's the biggest loser fantasy wise this week for Baltimore this week in a win, the biggest winner has to be Alex Collins. He had uh, 18 rushes for 113 yards. Finally had that breakout game. He's been leading them in carries uh, most of the last uh, five or six weeks. Now he's become very clearly the guy they're going to give the ball to more frequently. And he's, he's going to be that uh, hard charger up the middle, uh, Javoris Allen did have that one game where he out uh, out carried Collins, but that was because Collins had that one fumble. Collins, 113 yards, finally the breakthrough, also had two catches for 30 more yards uh, in this game. So great game for Alex Collins. Uh, Helped me out a lot, but not quite enough in the league that I want to win more than anything. But if you started him good on you, we've been talking about his carries for quite a bit here, but this is the game where he finally broke that 100-yard uh, mark and did something special. <clears throat> Speaking then of Javoris Allen, Javoris Allen is is the loser in this game. He's what I'm calling the loser. Uh, I mean, he got you 57 total yards. He had 55 yards rushing and two more yards added in the receiving game. Um, not terribly interesting. But what he's been there for mostly is the fact that he is more versatile than Collins is, generally speaking, but... He got you less yards rushing and less yards receiving. Uh, he was just not an interesting play this week. He didn't do you anything in a game where they scored 20 points. So Collins the winner, uh, Allen the loser. In terms of Miami, wow, in a game where you you have a quarterback who throws no touchdowns and two picks and uh, you don't score any points, it's a little hard to predict pick out your winner. But this week, Kenny Stills, 
Kenny Stills, who's not not the number one. I mean, it's uh, Jarvis Landry. But Kenny Stills came through this week. He got 10 targets in this game. He caught five of them uh, for 65 yards. He didn't have any touchdowns because nobody had any touchdowns. But in terms of players in this game, that's the best you were going to get. Uh, five catches, 65 yards. That's That was the good part of this. Uh, loser, I guess, is also kind of hard to get out of this one. Uh, Moore is definitely up there. Didn't have that many yards. He had the two picks. <clears throat> but uh, I'm going with Jay Ajayi because you're more likely to have started Ajayi than Moore. Jay Ajayi had 41 total yards. Um, just he had was it 13 carries and four receptions to get you that time. So he had 17 touches to get you 41 yards. Those are not the sort of numbers you want. You drafted him as a top 10 running back, most likely when you got him this year. If he's on your team, you picked him to be your RB1, and he's not. Uh, he hasn't been there much this year. Uh, it's kind of touch and go. You're probably pretty disappointed if you got him in that, uh, probably in the second round, I would guess, as an RB1. Uh, moving on into the Sunday games, among the early games, of course, the earliest of all of them was our London game. We'll see if we can give you a little bit of that horrible Cockney accent that Pete gives you. That was more Aussie, I guess, than anything. Uh, I'll spare you any other accents that I've got right now. But um, it was Minnesota and Cleveland because we like to send the best of the best over to our friends across the pond. You know, because we had to fight them for liberty, so now they're going to have to fight us for good football. And we fought them twice, so it's going to be a while. So they got the Vikings, who are a legitimate team and probably a division champion, and then Cleveland, who may not win this year. Um, so, <coughs> pardon me. If I'm feeling a little down this week, my voice may sound even lower than normal. Uh, I got a little something in my throat, so uh, bear with me as we go through. But speaking of bearing with people, if you've be uh, been sticking with Isaiah Crowell this season, which I know Pete, when Pete hears this, is going to be just jumping up and down because Isaiah Crowell was your legit starter this week. 64 yards uh, receiving, or pardon me, rushing. 64 yards rushing, 54 yards receiving, and a touchdown. He was the lead rusher and lead receiver on the Cleveland Browns this week. He was the legitimate RB1, the guy you thought you were getting when you started off with having him in your league this year. So we finally saw Isaiah Crowell as the person we imagined he'll be. He was going to be this year, at least. And now we won't likely see him again. But he did this against a great defense. This is a very good uh, Minnesota defense, and he did that rushing and passing this week and was very versatile and very useful. On the other end of the spectrum, though, Duke Johnson did not give you what you wanted. Uh, he had 10 total touches and 43 yards. Duke Johnson's been pretty valuable in uh, the backfield as that pass-catching threat. Uh, he's been... Uh, like a poor man's uh, James White or something like that. And so he's had some value here. He's not in RB1. He's probably more of a flex player in most leagues. But uh, 43 yards isn't going to get it done. Uh, and he definitely was down the list in terms of your, your receiving options on the team this week and didn't get you the sorts of things you wanted. So he's he's kind of a loser for Cleveland this week. Uh, for Minnesota, there were a couple of options. Uh, 98 yards and finally touchdown for Adam Thielen, but Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon, 50 yards rushing, 72 yards receiving, and a touchdown. 
shows you again that Latavius Murray, although he had a good week last week, is not going to be the lead option of this team. In fact, Latavius Murray is the guy I named as the loser, fantasy-wise, this week. He led the team in carries, 19 carries, turned into 39 yards rushing, and one catch for eight yards to add to that. So we're talking about 47 yards total. Jerk McKinnon had 50 yards just rushing and added 72, 72 more yards in the receiving game. Jerk McKinnon is the more versatile back. He's the one who's going to be able to be out there in every down. He's the guy who's going to get you yards in, in both passing, receiving, up the middle, around the edge, everywhere. He's the better running back in Minnesota right now, and they should be feeding him the ball far more than Latavius Murray. <clears throat> Whether they will or not, I don't know, but that's that's where we are on this. Moving on then to the games that happened in our hemisphere, I guess you know our side of the world here, uh, we have Buffalo and Oakland. Buffalo and Oakland here uh, played out probably exactly as we imagined, I guess. <laughs> but um, big winner for Buffalo. We saw the giant game finally from uh, LaShawn McCoy. Not just a good game, 151 yards rushing, along with six more receptions for 22 yards additional to that. And the touchdown, of course, to make it just a little bit better. Sweeten that game up a little bit. So, I mean, that's 173 yards total and six catches if that counts something for you elsewhere and the touchdown to make sure that that game got you uh, everything you were looking for in this week. So, uh, LaShawn McCoy, the big winner. Again, the, the loser in this one, uh, as he has been throughout uh, much of this year for Buffalo, is Zay Jones. Zay Jones, uh, if you have him, he's cuttable at this point. He's a droppable player. Uh, he's... He's um, getting targets and not doing anything with them. He was second on the team in targets this week. He had five targets. He caught three of them for 32 yards. That's an unacceptable game. Um, the guy you spent a first-round draft pick on who was supposed to be this uh, amazing player, supposed to get you so much here. And in a game where Buffalo had 34 points, um, I mean, it, it came from somewhere, but it was not from him. And it was just... Just nothing. You haven't been getting anything from him all year at this point, and that's just, yeah, he's droppable. I don't know what you can expect to get from him unless you've got him in some kind of keeper league or a dynasty where you've got him under a contract for a while. Yeah, he hasn't gotten you enough to be uh, be worth the spot at this point. In terms of Oakland in their losing effort this week after showing some signs of life the last two weeks, only 14 points in this game. The The leader, though, in this one, uh, DeAndre Washington is the big fantasy winner this week, I think. Uh, he had 26 yards rushing, but 62 more yards receiving. Um, he, he also had a touchdown in this game, uh, on, and he had eight catches to get those 62 yards. Um, he was tied for first in total targets. Oh, I'm sorry. No, yeah, I'm right. He had 10, 10 um, targets, eight receptions. I'm sorry, not eight targets. 10 targets, 8 receptions, 62 yards and a touchdown in the receiving game. He had as many targets as Cooper and Crabtree. They each had 10, or all three of them had 10. Um, but he was able to turn his into yards and touchdowns. Uh, Crabtree did have 5 for 83. Um, but then getting to my my fantasy loser of this team this week, Mari Cooper. Uh, and we told you, he was one of our scary starts. <clears throat> he was a guy who... You had to be worried about going against his Buffalo defense. You had to be concerned he wasn't going to get you enough after that giant outpouring. Ten targets, 
he turned that into five receptions for 48 yards. That's not enough here to be valuable in terms of the fact that you drafted him as wide receiver one and you were expecting far more from him this season than getting you 48 yards in a game. He did also have, by the way, four rushing yards to add to that total to give you 52 total yards in this game. And that's just not enough to cut it. <clears throat> Moving on down the list of these games here, we had uh, the barn burner that is Cincinnati and Indianapolis. 24-23, so it was an exciting game. It was it was something interesting to watch the whole way through. Uh, odd sorts of numbers of points. Starting with Indianapolis, the winner, without a doubt, is Jack Doyle. Uh, 12 catches on 14 targets, 121 yards receiving, and a touchdown. Now, no one else on this team had a total of 40 yards receiving. <clears throat> uh, the next one is Marlon Mack with 36 yards on three catches. Um, Kamar Aiken is the only other player on the team to have at least 20 yards. Um, so there were 233 passing yards in this game. Jack Doyle had 121 of them. It, clearly the leader on this team at that point for this game. Uh, Frank Gore at least gave you 82 yards and then another 19 uh, receiving. So he had a nice game, but Jack Doyle clearly the winner in this game for Indianapolis. And the big loser... Is T.Y. Hilton. <clears throat> um, like I said, no one else was really doing anything in the receiving game. And that went especially high for uh, T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton was second to the team on targets. He had seven targets in this game. He turned seven targets into two catches and 11 yards. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, 15 yards. 15 yards, pardon me. It's 15 yards from a guy who you've expected probably as a wide receiver too. Um and he had seven targets to do something with, and he didn't. Uh, so that is, that's the the big problem here that, that you had. If you started T.Y. Hilton, you were definitely hurting this week. And uh, I don't know how you can't start him, generally speaking. But uh, he didn't get it done. Jack Doyle took all those targets and turned them into something. <clears throat> so moving then to Cincinnati. Cincinnati had an interesting kind of dichotomy here. I'm going to give the winner of this to uh, Mixon, Joe Mixon. But because of his receiving yards, he got you 91 yards on three catches. Now, that goes to offset the fact that he was given 11 uh, carries in this game and only got you 18 yards. It's a 1.6 yards per carry. He was horribly ineffective in the running game. They didn't get you any touchdowns in this game uh, and still somehow managed to have 100, uh, 109 uh, total yards. So... Yeah, he, he, he had more yards than any other player in this game. Uh, the fact that he didn't get you a touchdown hurts, but he was by far the most useful player and that he led the team in rushing and receiving uh, with his 18 yards of rushing. But he did manage to do both of those things, so that, that gives you some sort of value. Sadly, poor Giovanni Bernard only had uh, two carries for five yards. Uh, and then had two targets, but he wasn't able to pull in either of them. Five total yards from Giovanni Bernard. I, I take it, obviously, you're starting him as a flex if you're starting him at this point, just because you just can't trust who is going to be the running back week to week in Cleveland, or pardon me, in Cincinnati. And you just can't trust any of them to be the lead back at this point compared to any of the other ones. But if you had Giovanni Bernard, you were hoping for a couple of catches at least. You were hoping for maybe a falling forward, but he got you 
five total yards. Yeah, sadly, Giovanni Bernard, who we all love, is uh, the loser of the week here of the Cincinnati-Indianapolis game. Now, this is where Pete will perk up when he's listening to it. You're not going to hear all his excitement like we're used to hearing when we have him on here going crazy about something or another here. Um, he'd probably be going crazy with the fact that this was an eight-point game in a home game for New England that they, they should have probably pulled away more. But uh, we all know the Chargers, they don't go away. They hang in there, and they will crush your heart at the last minute. But they were in this game 21-13, to 13, some of the craziest plays you've ever seen. Uh, Travis Benjamin on the punt return that he it gets through his hands, and then he loops back around, runs backwards five yards into his own end zone so that he can get tackled for a safety. Um, that was while that game was still at that point a tie game and became a nine to seven game and they never regained the lead again or you got back in it. <clears throat> they started this game with a bang. Melvin Gordon had the big uh, 87 yard run start this game. Um, maybe he didn't do a ton after that, but he had 132 yards, 132 yards, uh, rushing. Uh, and he did have one more catch for seven yards after that. And he had the big touchdown, but he's clearly the leader on, on this game in terms of your fantasy value. Uh, the big the big run, the big play got them a lot, and that uh, definitely got them started, but they only scored two field goals from there on out. Uh, in terms of your big loser, unfortunately, I think it's Hunter Henry. Uh, we started to expect Hunter Henry to get us something. He's been very good recently. He's been a, a top, not the top tier, but he's been a second-tier tight end. He's a, he's a tight end one who's been very consistent for you in getting you something. But he had just two catches on two targets and just 11 yards, no touchdowns. So not much here. And a lot of that seems to be just 212 yards passing from Phillip Rivers. Not a lot of guys burning open. Uh, just for a team that started off looking terrible against the pass and against the run, uh, New England's had two games in a row here where they've done fairly well in terms of their defense in terms of making something happen and keeping the opponents out of the end zone. So maybe something there. Uh, in terms of New England, the winner this week, I would say it's James White. Um, we've seen that they have been been looking to the running backs a ton here and the tight ends, obviously. It's just the way they're built. James White led the team in receiving yards. Behind him was Rex Burkhead. Behind that uh, was Hogan, then Gronk, then Cooks. So, I mean, we're starting to see just the running backs are so key to this offense. Um, Tom Brady is best when he's throwing short. He's most accurate when he's throwing short, and he just needs to get the ball out of his hands. He has obviously no mobility. So they're trying to get the ball out of his hands quickly. they got the tight end. they got one deep threat and a bunch of slot receivers and then the running backs. And James White has just been the most effective running back for this team, generally speaking. And I know Clark would disagree with me, but James White is the best running back on this team. He's more versatile. If you've ever actually watched him play, he can run between the tackles. He does run between the tackles. He can also bounce outside. He can also catch the ball in space. He can also catch the ball in traffic. He does everything better than the most of the other guys out here. If you look at the total yards for each of these players, James White had 87 total yards in this game. Rex Burke had hit 83. Those two guys were the two key parts of this offense this week. They were the two interchangeable parts that uh, just kept finding a place in, in zones. They kept finding a way to swing out and get open. They were the most dangerous weapon that's out there this week. The two Big Ten running backs, by the way. Um, Deion Lewis, who I know Clark loves, 54 total yards. 
Uh, he just, he, he's a nice running back. He's had some good games. In terms of total consistency in the total package, just White and Burkhead look better. They just look better when you're watching them. Uh, Gillisley, 34 yards, all of them rushing. He didn't catch anything. He's not very useful in that uh, passing game, which is why he's going to end up being that fourth guy. He's going to be the last guy in there. He's just doing a uh, LeGarrette blunt roll. He might have a big game, but good luck guessing when that comes. It's hard to pick a loser in a game like this. Uh, the offense looked efficient, though not ex- like dynamic, which is kind of exactly what the Patriots offense is. They're not a big play offense, mostly speaking. They're their first down machine. But Brandon Cooks this week got you 26 yards. That's not what you expect from Brandon Cooks. You hope he breaks something. He gets you 5.2 a catch. Um, Eight targets, uh, five catches, 26 yards, uh, a long of nine. Uh, So it was not his best game. It was not an overly exciting game for him. So unfortunately this week, and he'll have better weeks. He'll be fine. You start him next week. But um, this week he was kind of your fantasy loser. And getting you possibly just 2.6 points doesn't cut it. So that's what we've got for for our New England Chargers matchup. So we'll move on forward down to uh, back in my territory, my neck of the woods, an NFC North team heading farther south, much farther south, as Chicago took on New Orleans this week. New Orleans has been on a, a pretty good run. This this win here, a 20 to 12 win, is their fifth in a row, gotten themselves right back in contention. They're one of the top teams in the NFC right now. The Bears put together a couple of good weeks, specifically playing a game, pretending that they don't have a quarterback. Um, if they could snap to anybody else, maybe they would, because they clearly are all right winning, throwing seven times. Um, the if you're going to look about fantasy losers, I wouldn't count Trubisky just because I don't think you're starting him. Uh, he completed less than half of his passes for 164 yards, no touchdowns and a pick. So he, he's, he's not that interesting. You don't want to start him. The, the loser though, for the bears in this week, I have Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen got you a total of eight yards. He had four rushes for two yards and one catch for six. Um, if you're still running him, he has just not been nearly as open or ineffective getting around places right now. That New Orleans defense is really starting to come around. I'm, I'm much more impressed with them. Clark said this several weeks back, and he's been dead on. Uh, one of those types of teams that just seems to be finding a way to get turnovers, make enough plays to make things happen. The Saints defense has really been turning things around here in the last couple of weeks, getting big plays, making turnovers. I'll grant you, they played Trubisky. And they played the Packers without uh, without Aaron Rodgers in the last two weeks. So that plays into it somewhat. But they've been making plays. And uh, you, you can't discount that, that they've been making those plays. The winner for the Bears, I could have gone with uh, Jordan Howard, except for I just think he gave you kind of what you're expecting in this game. The winner I'm going with is Trey McBride. Uh, and if you don't know him, it's because he had one catch prior to this. But in this game, he had three catches for 92 yards. He is the only player to have twenty above 23 yards receiving in this game. That's right. Kendall Wright, with two catches for 23 yards, was second on the Bears in receiving yards this game. <laughs> so three for 92 is just so far and away better than what anyone else gave you on the Bears this week. He's your clear winner in terms of your fantasy value this week. He had five targets for three catches. 
Um, great, great game for him. In terms of winners for the Saints, um, we went with Mark Ingram again. I think we've mentioned him several times. He had 99 total yards and a touchdown. He uh, had 75 yards rushing. He also had the uh, 24 yards on six catches in the receiving game. Uh, he looked good. He looked great. 18 carries to Kamara's eight. Uh, Kamara actually had fewer catches and fewer targets in this game. They clearly were focusing more on Ingram, giving Ingram that chance to be that RB1 that he really should be. Uh, he has everything you need to be a lead back and let Kamara just be a change of pace. Um, Ingram is your clear winner this week. Uh, if you're looking for a loser, look no further than Colby Fleener. Colby Fleener, one target, one catch, negative one yards. Yeah, you just can't fight that. There's nowhere else you can go other than saying the guy who managed to, who would have been better had he dropped that pass for you. If he had just dropped it, you'd have had no points. You lost a tenth of a point starting him this week. So he's a very clear loser for the uh, the Saints this week. He'll bounce back. They'll find ways to get him and any other number of players the ball. But, man, you can't fight negative. You can't fight the negative. <laughs> Moving on then again. Looking at seeing if Atlanta could turn things around, find a way to make their offense look effective. We kind of saw that. Um, Matt Ryan, 254 yards passing, two touchdowns, but no picks. He was effective uh, against what's a, I guess, kind of a decent Jets team. But, I mean, this is a 3-5 and five Jets team. Uh, and Atlanta just now is a 4-3, and three, finally a winning team again here. Um, they just have not looked horribly efficient in the last several weeks. They win by five points over the Jets. Uh, so this was a, a tough game for them, but... They, they pulled it out and had a couple of teams look, a couple of players look good here. The winner in this game for Atlanta is Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman had 82 yards rushing, 14 carries, 82 yards, no touchdowns there. But he did also, let's see, he had uh, one catch for 22 more yards as well. So he had a great game. He got you 104 yards of total offense. Uh, way outdid what Devontae Freeman gave you. Devontae Freeman, just 41 yards uh, rushing and another 20 yards in the receiving game. So even though Freeman kind of let you down this week, and this has been consecutive weeks, uh, if you're keeping track, that he has failed to meet your expectations, uh, Tevin Coleman had a great game, uh, did very well for this team. And uh, even though he is not one of the players to reach the end zone, um, Hooper and Sanu got you the two touchdowns. And, and in fairness, you know, Muhammad Sanu did lead the team in receiving yards and catches with six catches for 74 in the touchdown. But Tevin Coleman in his all-around game, leading the team in total yardage, uh, was clearly the, the best player on uh, on Atlanta this week. Um, the loser here, same sort of rule as what applies to Colby Fleener. Taylor Gabriel gave you one catch for negative three yards. Uh, the this drives me insane. Taylor Gabriel is a remarkably good athletic player. This is, he, I mean, he's a, he's like having Tyreek Hill's little brother. Taylor Gabriel is, is remarkable. He was very good for this team last year. He helped them through their playoff run. He was great all the way through the, the thing, the, the playoff run that they had got them to the Super Bowl, And he was a very important part of what they did, whether it was using him in fakes, giving him the ball around the end, putting him in the backfield, uh, putting him out wide, putting him in the slot. 
he was so valuable and they just are not finding ways to use him there. Um, Sarkeesian, uh, is just not nearly imaginative enough to run this Atlanta offense the way that, um, uh, I'll forget his name. Uh, the former offensive coordinator there did, but I mean, just, they can't follow, he can't follow in his footsteps. He just doesn't seem to get there, but he could be doing so much more with Taylor Gabriel in this game. And in this season, he just hasn't. So Atlanta gave you a guy there who got you some negative yards. But when we go back over, we got a little bit of a surprise here. A guy, and when when everybody was falling apart at the beginning of the Jets season, they trade away uh, or you know just didn't bring back uh, all, all their big receivers from the last couple of years. They didn't bring back Decker or Marshall. And then um, Anunua got hurt to start this year, and we had Robbie Anderson. And we were telling you, like, nobody wants Robbie Anderson. He was the fourth receiver if they just had those other guys. But suddenly he was their number one, and he hasn't been particularly uh, strong. He hasn't been a guy you're starting. If you started him this week, though, if you did, if you were streaming a wide receiver spot here and you said, you know what, Atlanta's defense is going to give me something, Robbie Anderson, he had six targets caught every one of them got you 104 yards and a touchdown i i mean that's a great fantasy game uh it's very good he's gonna get you a bunch of points if you started him and i don't know who did um i seriously considered it at one point and then told myself i'm an idiot for bothering to to think that i should be starting robbie anderson but clearly i was the wrong one there and good on you robbie anderson uh great game uh, way to keep your your team in it they were in it right up there. It was back and forth for a bit. It looked like the Jets were going to pull it out, but just just not enough at the end of this. The uh, loser that I have in this game is uh, Bilal Powell. <clears throat> we, we were thinking Bilal Powell was going to be a low-end RB1, maybe at worst a high-end RB2. He was going to be getting almost all the carries. Uh, all the receivers were hurt. They were going to be relying on him. Uh, Matt Forte hasn't been giving them anything, but Powell has been giving them nothing as well. 61 total yards on 17 touches. Uh, that's just not enough to get it done. You're going to be a serious running back getting that many touches. Uh, 14 carries for 33 yards, getting you 2.4 a carry. Um, yeah, just nothing there to be excited about. He had three targets. He caught them all for 28 yards. And he's not getting into the end zone. So just too many problems with Bilal Powell this year. He's been very disappointing. Um, got him in a couple of teams couple of leagues and you really thought you were going to get more out of him and we just have not um going forward then uh to one of the, the far less interesting games it was not nearly as close as this five point game or anything like that we've had the eagles and the 49ers this is when you had to pick the blowout you had to pick that they were going to win probably cover uh, significantly and they did uh 33 to 10 in this game um and in terms of what we had looking at this game, it, oddly, I guess you got what you expected out of uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, he was you know, kind of the guy you've been starting the last couple of weeks, and he looked like himself. The guy who I think stood out and gave you a little bit more was Corey Clement. And it's not just a homer pick. He led the team in rushing this game. He didn't lead the team in carries, but he did lead the team in touch or pardon me in total yards. So if you started quarter Clement, which you should not have going into this week, you you got uh well, 
54 yards, I guess. Uh, it was not a particularly great rushing game, but there were just not a lot of other big plays. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey had 62 receiving. They throw the ball to everybody. I mean, it's in this game, pass, passes were caught by uh, Jeffrey, Ertz, Hollins, Aguilar, Burton, Selleck, Barner, uh, Smallwood, Blunt, Clement. Well, pardon me, Clement had a target, but he didn't get a catch. So, yeah, that's the, just a ton of names in that passing game. They also had uh, five different people carry the ball. Nick Foles got into the end of the game, had two rushes for negative two yards, just you know, downing the ball. Smallwood had a carry. Wentz had two carries for seven yards. Blunt had 16 carries. Corey Clement had 10 carries. We got you 54 yards on it. Uh, he outrushed Blunt on almost half the carries. Uh, wonderfully effective. Uh, looked like the better uh, guy out there. If Smallwood's not going to be on the field, Clement is going to have a bigger role. And he looks like he can handle it. Uh, he's been very interesting that way, that he, he seems to be able to take care of that. And that could be fun going forward, but he's not going to be anybody you put on your roster this week. Don't run out and grab him. I mean, I love him because I watched him at Wisconsin. He was an amazing back with great feet and just incredible balance. Don't run out and get him. There's too many other backs in that backfield, and he hasn't shown you enough to say that he should be starting or that you should be putting him on your team right now. Don't even roster him yet, but he was very interesting in this game. A loser in this game is Smallwood. We were expecting more from Smallwood. He's supposed to be the the premier in terms of this team, the premier pass catching back. He's going to be out there on third downs. He was going to be out there for all these other plays. And then Smallwood got you 14 yards. He had one rush for five, one reception for nine. And that's it. That's all you got out of him this week if you started Wendell Smallwood. So he's he's my big loser on that one. <laughs> if you want to look for something interesting, now join me as we try to imagine who is the best fantasy talent that we got out of the San Francisco 49ers in this game where they lost 33 to 10. <clears throat> I mean, not a lot of big things here. It was a sad game that way. Um, by almost sheer default, I'm going to go with the former Hawkeye, CJ Bethard. And the reason I'm giving him an edge here, I mean, he was 17 of 36 for 167 yards, a touchdown and two picks. That's not good. That's that's not good, uh, but this is a decent Eagles defense. But here's the thing. C.J. Beathard led the team in rushing yards. I want that to sink in for everybody. I want that to, to just wash over you. If you're driving your car, you should probably pull over now and think for a second and just wonder how in the world is C.J. Beathard, a slow-footed guy who played for Iowa, leading the 49ers in rushing. Now, this is a proud proud old franchise with many championships under their belts here, but CJ Beathard, 40 yards rushing led the 49ers in rushing yards this game. Carlos Hyde himself had a total of 47 yards. He's my biggest loser in this one. You were expecting him to be an you know, RB eight, nine, somewhere in there. Probably when you drafted him this year, that he was going to be a guy getting carries Maybe it was going to be a more dynamic offense with Shanahan there. See, I remembered his name now, the former Atlanta uh, coordinator. Uh, Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan is there. And you thought he'd be more inventive, that he could do more with it, and that Hyde would be more dynamic. But he's not. He just hasn't gotten it this year. He's had a couple games. Uh, Breda is stepping in and getting more carries, getting more snaps. And that's just not good for you. He's an RB2 at this point, And some weeks he plays like a flex. 
Now, Bethard was your hero this week, and uh, you know he's out there, obviously, in any league, but you're not picking him up. And the reason why is not long before I recorded this podcast, we all found out Jimmy Garoppolo is heading to the 49ers. And at that point, what I need you to do is imagine, I want you to set back and imagine, if you will, with me, the look on Kirk Cousins' face knowing that the Kyle Shanahan has somehow allowed his team to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Remember, this is Kirk Cousins, uh, uh, the old coordinator, uh, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan, when given this job, had had uh, Lynch, John Lynch, actually ask the head coach if he could be his general manager. He asked his own employee if he could get the job as his boss. It's the most ridiculous thing ever. John Lynch is the most figurehead GM in the NFL. And just the fact that essentially Kyle Shanahan said, I'm going to go get Jimmy Garoppolo. It doesn't matter what you traded for him because uh, Kirk Cousins somewhere is showing his shocked face. This is his shocked face. I want you to think about that tonight and all night as you, uh, as you lie down to sleep tonight in the darkness. Just imagine the sheer look of terror, shock, and dismay that must have come across his face. Anyhow, now that we're done with that uh, mental exercise, uh, I'm going to say we're going to move on to Carolina and Tampa Bay because we needed more depressing football. Wow. All right. Um, picking a winner, any winner in a 17 to, thir- 17 to 3 game, pardon me, is, is a hard game here. I can tell you the losers. The losers are easy, I think, for me. I guess there were many more options. Uh, but I felt more like I had the options and I could make better choices. Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson for Tampa Bay in a game where they scored three total points. Uh, he got you three catches for 37 yards. And if anyone's like me, they love watching hard knocks. You watched him and they kept showing you like, man, he's so explosive. He's so dynamic. And you've seen it before. You've seen him make crazy plays. Uh, we, we've all seen the, the stuff he's been able to do uh, just wherever he's been, but he has not done it in Tampa. Uh, starts to make Washington look like they made a great choice in letting him go because he has not particularly done anything in this, this team. Three for 37 on eight targets for D-Jacks. For Carolina, I'll give you a loser there. Devin Funches, who really looked like he was coming along. He really looked like he was building up had a little injury a couple weeks back, came back from that particularly well. Devin Funches had six targets in this game. He turned six targets into two catches and 11 yards. Um, just really letting you down from somebody who showed that they could do it, showed you that they have the ability to go out there and make big plays, and he's just not, not done it. All right. So here we are again. We're back at the beginning of this. Who are, who are our winners here? Well... For Tampa Bay, we're selecting Doug Martin. Doug Martin, who we were a little down on last week. He didn't give you great games last week. He was a little depressing. But 18 carries for 71 yards here. Uh, Led the team. Uh, I think he had the most yards in this game. Uh, He had another catch for four. And uh, in a game where not a lot of people did much, uh, Doug Martin gave you at least kind of what you expected of him. Since nobody scored any touchdowns, it's just a yardage game here at this point. (sighs) Cam Newton is your winner by default. 
watching a C.J. Beathard way. Cam Newton had 41 yards rushing. That led the team. Uh, of every player in terms of passing and rushing yards combined, only McCaffrey had more total yards than the 44 that Cam Newton had rushing. McCaffrey had 51 total yards, almost all of it receiving, but 51 total yards. Uh, and he is the only player to have more than 44 yards running and receiving combined. Cam Newton is by default your star here. Although, I mean, there's just, there's, it's a bad bunch and you're taking what you can get. So let's, let's quickly, quickly move on from Carolina and head to something a lot more fun. This was a great game. If you're not Clark Barnes, because Clark Barnes has a rooting interest in this game. As we all know, he's our resident Houston fan and he came back from Ireland in time to come out and see this game. At least I think he was back in time for this. Uh, I believe so. But uh, this game was so ridiculously back and forth. It was amazing. Two quarterbacks with 400 yards passing and four touchdowns each. Uh, I guess I haven't seen whether that's a record or if that's been done before, but it would be hard to imagine that sort of just, just sort of performance. Um Here's another interesting fact. We've been talking about quarterbacks who led their teams in rushing. Both quarterbacks in this team, besides throwing for 400 yards and four touchdowns, both quarterbacks also led their team in rushing. <laughs> it's just amazing to think about. Russell Wilson, 452 yards passing, also had 30 yards rushing. Sean uh, Watson had two, or pardon me, 402 yards passing and 67 yards rushing. Uh, just Hey, those are those are great numbers, and the fact that you could lead your team in rushing while still throwing for 400 yards is kind of amazing. Um, I did also think, though, in terms of this game, Deshaun or, or pardon me, um, DeAndre Hopkins, eight catches, 224 yards receiving and a touchdown. That is ridiculous number. I mean, 400 yards passing is something crazy. It's a great game for a quarterback. 200 yards receiving is an insane game. That's for a single receiver to have that. He had more than half the receiving yards on this team. Um, so it's, I think Deshaun Hot or DeAndre Hopkins is your winner in this game. I think he's your winner. He had the eight catches. Uh, it was just a ridiculous uh, sort of game to watch back and forth. And was it the final touchdown was scored with 21 seconds left. Uh, it was, and they, they never should have gotten on the field that fast. It was crazy how quickly they, they got down the field. I remember they went down the field. Wilson got them down the field, but then threw a pick inside the red zone. Uh, and if they could just have gotten one first down, one more first down, if Houston could have gotten one more first down, they would have won this game. But they ran a couple times and just could not get 10 yards, could not run the clock out. And one of those reasons was why Lamar Miller is my loser fantasy for this game. He had 21 carries. 21 carries and get you 54 yards. The touchdown saved his uh, his fantasy value, I guess, here. But in terms of you know the fact that you had 400 different 402 yards in passing here, the fact that a running back could only find room for 54 yards, and it wasn't because they were only passing. He had 21 carries. That's a great number. If you can get 20 plus, you're doing very well as a running back. He got that, and he didn't turn it into anything. So Lamar Miller, the one I, I'm saying, is a loser here. 
for Seattle, again, having that much, it could have gone to any of the running backs, but you're not starting any of them. If you have J.D. McKissick, if you have Eddie Lacy, if you have Thomas Rawls, you're not starting them, which is why I'm not picking them because you weren't expecting anything from them, although Eddie Lacy gets you zero yards, and that hurts. In a game where there were 452 yards through the air, Doug Baldwin had 54 of them. There were 398 passing yards that went to other players on this team. Um, he had 10 targets. He, he caught six of them for 54 yards and no touchdowns. In a shootout, Doug Baldwin was just the same guy he always is. He's good for you know six catches, 70 yards most games. He was roughly just his average guy. Um, there were the dynamic players, the uh, Paul Richardsons of the world, the more athletic receivers, including Tanner McAvoy, very athletic player, uh, played safety quarterback and receiver at the University of Wisconsin, had, uh, had more yards. He only had one catch, but it was a big play, at least close in terms of total yards to what Doug Baldwin got you. So fantasy-wise, Doug Baldwin, um, 5.4 points in standard scoring. <clears throat> And six catches there. That at least maybe helps you if you're in your PPR leagues. So those are my winners and losers from what was an amazingly exciting game. If you didn't get to see it, find somebody who recorded it. Find somebody who has NFL Pass. Go back and watch that game. That game is amazing. Unless you're Clark and you watched your team, again, have the ball in their hands and a chance to win and not do it. Uh, very much like watching them play the Patriots again. So condolences out to Clark. Uh, we'll talk to you later and see how he's doing. But uh, he'll be back. Don't you worry. Uh, after this was what well, was also a very good game. Not It was closer than the score said. There was a late uh, pick. Uh, led to a touchdown at the end. 33-19, uh, to 19, Dallas beats Washington. Uh, the interesting players here, Ezekiel Elliott. Big fantasy winner here. 150 yards uh, uh, rushing. He had 33 carries. That is a ridiculous number. That is a 1920s number. That's uh, that's going back and seeing uh, like the Galloping Ghost of Gonzaga or the uh, Gray Ghost of uh, Illinois, Red Grange or somebody like that playing out there. And yeah, 33 carries. We got 150 yards, two touchdowns. Um, for Washington, I'm going to give the winner to, to Jameson Crowder. He finally came out. I mean, like he did the things that we were used to seeing him do. Nine catches for 123 yards. That's a really good game. That's the sort of stuff we expected from him. We were expecting him to get five catches, uh, 80 to 90 yards a game, maybe a touchdown every other week kind of thing, and he hasn't been doing it. They've been managing to get good numbers for Kirk Cousins without him. This week, Kirk Cousins' numbers were not particularly good, especially considering he had a lost fumble and a pick, and he killed a couple of my fantasy teams. Well, maybe just the one that I really want. Maybe I'm blowing that out. But uh, either way, he didn't give you great production. But Jameson Crowder was very good in this game. I would love to see him get the ball more going forward. He's a great slot-type receiver who can get yards after the catch. He's really exciting to watch. And I think he's just a great, hard-working guy who stays quiet and just keeps working. And I love seeing that, so I'd love to see him get more plays. Loser, Jordan Reed, who had his big coming-out party last week uh, in a game where my favorite fantasy team, by the way, had Kirk Cousins against Jordan Reed. I just needed him to throw a touchdown to anyone other than Jordan Reed in the last, you know, 10 minutes of the game. Instead, he threw two of them to Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed, those are his first two touchdowns of the year. He does it only despite me because this year, this week, pardon me, one catch, one catch, five yards on one target. Back to being exactly what he'd been. 
being somebody who, although we know he's great and can be super impressive, he can be wonderful in games, he can take over games like he did last week. This week he had one catch on one target and got five yards out of that. He's my biggest fantasy loser for Washington this week. I'm going to go a little outside the box because I've just gotten the information here before I started recording. The biggest fantasy loser for you this week, if you have him, is Ezekiel Elliott going forward. Because Ezekiel Elliott's suspension is back on, as exactly everyone should have predicted, because it's exactly the Tom Brady case, and there's no way he can win this. He's been trying to play this off all year to try to stay in and play as many games as he could this year, probably thinking that it, it really mattered because they were so close last year. They were so close to getting to a Super Bowl. They were so close to having that shot. They figured they were right in it again. And they've had a little tough row here. And the Eagles look better than them right now. And now, in the middle of the season, heading into your fantasy playoffs, you are going to be without Zeke Elliott. Um, the thing is, it's a collective bargaining agreement. The rules of the collective bargaining agreement govern how you're going to go through this process. They had the option of negotiating that, and they gave that as a bargaining point to get other things that they wanted. Now they're mad that they don't have that. You bargained that away, and that's where they are now. Whether or not you believe any of the evidence doesn't matter in terms of suspension. What matters is that the commissioner believed at the time after the investigation that they went through the proper channels for the collective bargaining agreement when they followed through with the arbitration on the appeal, that the arbitration was properly conducted, that it was properly held, and that they followed all their own rules. And that's it. So Ezekiel Elliott um, looks like he's gone now. He's he's uh, lost his uh, injunction hearing, probably because part of the injunction requires that you have to show that you have a significant chance of succeeding going forward, which he doesn't. So the suspension is back in place, should begin next week. If there's anything that happens in the meantime, I'm sure we'll hear about it on the Wednesday, Thursday podcast when we come out to you on Thursday morning. So look for us there again. <laughs> right. But as we go forward, Ezekiel Elliott, your next six weeks, as you're heading into your playoffs, you are going to be without him. <laughs> Last game that we had, as we headed into the Monday night game here, Detroit and Pittsburgh on the Sunday night game, big winner for Detroit is, uh, is Marvin Jones. I guess you could say it would be Prater. Uh, and you know, Prater's going to prate, but, uh, Marvin Jones, six catches, 128 yards. He had no touchdowns, but neither did anybody else. I picked him over Stafford just because I think that the 128 yards receiving was the, the bigger one. Stafford uh, 423 yards passing. But again, the fact that your quarterback has no touchdowns hurts more than the receiver who had 128 yards had no touchdowns. Just five field goals. So I guess, in all fairness, technically your big winner is, is Prater. But uh, I didn't want to go with the kicker here. I don't think any of you expect me to go with the kicker here, so I'm not going to. I'm going to stick with Marvin Jones. The loser for Detroit is Amir Abdullah, and, and it's mostly because I expect things from him. He's looked really nice the last couple of weeks. He's an incredibly athletic, uh, gifted player. If you watch him at Nebraska, as I did, um, he, he, he's just great. He's fluid. He's smooth. Um, playing indoors like Detroit does just adds to it. Uh, he's got great hands. Um, he can just do whatever you need a running back to do, and he's not a small guy. He's not slight. He can do all these things. He had 
Um, 27 rushing yards and 11 receiving yards. That's not going to get it done. This is a guy we've been expecting double-digit points from over the last several weeks. And this week he got to 38. 38 yards, not 38 points, but 38 yards, three, you know, almost four points. Uh, and that's not enough, uh, especially in a game where they really needed those yards and those touchdowns. Uh, just not enough. For Pittsburgh, we're going to go with this. Juju Smith-Schuster, seven receptions, 193 yards, and a touchdown. All of this after we were talking about last week, Martavis Bryant saying that Juju Smith-Schuster can't hold his jockstrap. 197 yards later, <laughs> you know, here we are. 100, he had a 97-yard touchdown pass. Fun to watch the quarterback standing in the end zone watching that ball go and watching the guy run. Uh, amazing play. And then he put a bike chain on his uh, exercise bike. So, you know, the Steelers just, whatever they're doing on the sidelines, it's always crazy, it seems. But uh, we also just like saying Juju Smith-Schuster. It's just a lot of fun. It's a good practice for your diction. If you're about to go on TV or radio or you're about to join a choir or something, you want to get yourself limbered up, uh, vocally speaking. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. That's a good one right there. Seven catches, 193 yards, and a touchdown. In that regard, I'm going to name Martavis Bryant your big loser here fantasy-wise. He didn't do anything in the game. He wasn't there. Um, they specifically said afterwards they're not going to trade him. They're not interested in trading him. He can find a way to be on this team, and that's that's what they're hoping for from him. But uh, he's he's going to have to deal with what what they want from him. Um, he can be talented. He can be. But he missed a full season for this team. He missed a year for this team. He lacked the discipline to just not do things that would get him suspended. And he came back into this year, and Juju Smith-Schuster has been outperforming him. Maybe not huge, but enough. And he definitely showed that he has the athleticism to play at this level and to play well at this level. This was a guy that was at least in several different Heisman conversations over the last two years. He's a very good wide receiver, and he can do a lot of things. Martavis Bryant uh, is a lot of athletic talent that has not become something yet. So until he does, he doesn't get to shoot off his mouth about how great he is. Uh, go out and do it. Uh, and, and you know what? And I'm one of those guys, if you, if you're doing it, you get to say it. Uh, I mean, if, if Antonio Bryant or pardon me, Antonio Brown was to come out and say that Juju Smith Schuster can't hold his jockstrap, good on him. He's right. And he gets to say that because he's proved it on the field. Martavis Bryant, uh, he's a guy at this point. I mean, like, okay, like maybe he'll be something great. Maybe he is more athletic, but he hasn't done it yet. So, you know. He can say all he wants, but until he's proved it, nobody has to care what he's talking. So so there it is. There's our rundown for this week. Uh, if you've been watching the Chiefs game here, um, obviously that's something that is going on while I'm still recording at this point, or I guess the final now is up. So uh, good game. 29-19 uh, Chiefs get back into their winning ways. Um, I guess some of this here. So we did have uh, <laughs> Trevor Simeon did not get you. 200 yards, and he had three picks in this game. C.J. Anderson, 15 carriers for 78 yards. Uh, Booker had the one touchdown on six carries, 40 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Demarius Thomas, we talked about that this might not be a great. I think we were talking about picking him among several different players. He led the team five catches for 66 yards. A.J. Derby, again, shows up and just gets a touchdown for no reason whatsoever other than that you don't have him. 
Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt down game in terms of, of yardage here. Uh, only uh, 68 total yards, three catches, 22 carries, uh, no touchdowns. And just that's a down game for him. He's going to be fine. This Denver defense is amazing. Um, Alex Smith got a, a decent game. You know, 202 yards, a touchdown, no picks. But yeah, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is your hero of this game. Seven receptions on 10 targets, 133 yards and a touchdown. If you had him, if you got that sort of production from a tight end in this game, then you are, you're likely winning your league if you started him. And you did start him if you had him. So good on you if you had him. Um, great game there. You know, just kind of average production from Smith, but below average from Simeon Hunt, not getting you what you wanted uh, from him. Demarius Thomas, I guess you're, well, no, I'd say CJ Anderson's going to be your hero. 15 carries, 78 yards. Uh, he also, did he get any catches? He did. He had one catch for zero yards. So, yeah, that's the most of your production there. 191 yards in the receiving game, 177 in the rushing game. CJ Anderson. Uh, your big hero, Jamal Charles, eight carries, 39 yards, 4.9 a carry. Uh, decent hanging out there in that third uh, third running back spot. But, uh, yeah, just, uh, just a lot of different players not getting much. Demarius Thomas had 66 yards. Nobody else had more than 35. So that's what you're looking with if you're a Broncos fan now. And now they are below 500 at three and four. So. That's the week that was. That's the week that we just looked at, and that's that's where we are going forward. So we'll look forward to uh, seeing you again when we put out our podcast, which we'll record Wednesday night. You'll hear us on Thursday. You'll obviously hear me when you, you're already hearing me, but it'll be later than when I'm recording this, obviously. <clears throat> so for the RB1 podcast with me hanging out here by myself, talking at you like crazy for as long as I have, uh, sorry if you're bored of me, but if you have anything to say, if you think I got it wrong, you have another hero of a game, you have somebody else who was your fantasy uh, loser who cost you your game this week, then uh, be sure to tweet at me. I'm at jbarn54. Find me on Twitter there. You can also reach our other two hosts who aren't here. Your humble host, Pete, is at Pete M. Rogers. Uh, also our uh, Houston fan, uh, Clark Barnes. You can find him at NFL Clark. You can also come right at the podcast at RB one podcast, RB the number one podcast. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. If you do, uh, and wherever you look for your podcast, you're on silent cloud or wherever. If you go to iTunes, please do stop by write us something. Tell us what you think of the show and please do give us that five star, uh, review. It helps to make sure that we show up in more searches and more people are able to find wonderful fantasy advice. And of course, wonderful voices like this uh, when they're looking for their fantasy advice and their interesting sorts of football talk. So please go to those places. Please do check us out. Please give us all those wonderful reviews. We'll be back later this week. You'll hear us Thursday morning. We will have Pete back. We will have Clark back and we will be talking at you again to get you ready for week nine. Until then, remember that RB1 fantasy podcast we hear, we care about your fantasy team. Have a great day. Thank you.